Welcome to Wake the Goddess. I'm Lana Kayla, your host and human design guide. This podcast is dedicated to providing real practical steps on using your human design, your intuition, and adding all things magical so that you can create a magnetic business and life. I believe fully we are not meant to be burnt out and missing out on key moments in life to have all our dreams come true. My purpose in this podcast is to help you to become influential in your business and in your field and be unapologetic on this journey. I encourage you to bring your notebook and pen to take notes. Each episode will be packed with information to begin integrating your human design today. So without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode. and everyone welcome back I am so excited for today I have Sam on our podcast today and Sam and I have been uh, friends on Instagram for a while and we have a lot of similarities um, and a lot to talk about today and she actually reached out to me and wanting to talk about you know the a little bit about human design but we decided that we're going to allow this to be a flowy podcast. So Sam, would you please introduce yourself and let them all know what you do and who you are? So uh, my name's Sam. Um, I am a spiritual life and business coach. I bring the business in and the fact I'm an online business manager. So I still like am in the thick of it with so many different entrepreneurs and allowing them to not like just be in that flowy space. Like that's my big thing because it's something I've watched so many people do, even caught myself in, is getting into that flow and not always being with that masculine energy of the doing. So helping women do that, find their balance and all the good stuff and bring in the fun of spirituality. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Because I, I, that's something that I always have problems with is like being too flowy or too masculine you know what I mean like being too on the go do 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 and then also there's times where I'm like oh yeah like I need to get back into like actually taking action so I think that's great how long have you been doing that for so I've been an OBM for I want to say at least three years the last three years I started in like the end of 2019 uh Mm -hmm. doing that kind of work and then I really switched into the spirituality, like coaching, uh, like last year, I really honed in on it. I wanted to get to a certain level in my own journey before I started helping others is what it came down to because, you know, just that whole ethical side of you. That's like, I have, I want to know like a certain amount before I take that leap and like, you know, all the mindset work. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so because I love human design and astrology, do you know your human design profile and also your big three? So I I don't know my big three off the top of my head, but I am a three five generator. Okay. With a I know I have an emotional solar plexus. Like I I'm an emotional person, like flat out. Like I feel my feels <laughs> and they're pretty big half the time and have to ride my way before making all my decisions. I'm trying to remember what my big three are. I know I'm pretty, pretty much for me, my whole lower part is defined. And then up here, I'm wide open. So like from my heart, my throat and my head are like completely open or crown. Yeah. And what's your sun sign? Uh, I'm an Aries and then Scorpio. Like (laughs) 
my rising and my moon are all Scorpio. So I'm a lot of like intense energy 95% of the time. I'm very, yeah. <laughs> no, I totally get it. My niece. So this is my niece. It's crazy. She's a Scorpio sun, a Scorpio rising and a cancer moon. And I'm like, you are a lot, my dear. Yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a lot of big emotions, especially with the Scor Scorpio is so emotional anyway. So then I just have it in both placements. Oh, man. I feel like uh, Scorpios get this, this like idea that they're complaining a lot, I guess. Mm -hmm. But I think it's because they're so passionate. Like they're so yeah. passionate about what they're talking about and they feel it with their whole soul. So like someone... Like me, who has no, I mean, it's an open house is like, I don't get it because I don't find passion in it. But like my husband's a Scorpio moon and he has a lot of passion about a lot of things. That's how my, my husband looks at me like I'm complaining about things sometimes. And I'm like, I'm not complaining. I'm just like, I'm feeling it. And he's just like, okay. Like my husband's a Pisces. So he's, mm. I can't remember the rest of his placements, but he's a Pisces and very free flowing. And then everyone else in my house, my youngest son is also an Aries and my oldest son is a Virgo. So it's just like so much all the time. We're the three of us are pretty intense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, my whole house is emotional uh, authority and human okay. design. And so mine is open. So feeling that is um, intense. And we, you, this is actually what brought up the conversation of doing this was you know, the tractor system talks about the solar plexus on emotional levels creating, but I was mentioning that the heart, uh, the G center in human design is where our magnetic monopole is. And so there was like these subtle differences. And I find that a lot too. And, and like some of the ways they describe it is because my first knowledge is the Hindu chakra system. Right. And so yeah. relearning the way that Ra explains it. So what, Let's talk about that a little bit more. So you've always learned that the solar plexus was what we create with, correct? Yeah, we create with, well, we create from not only our solar plexus, but also our sacral. Like the way I like to describe the sacral is that's your womb. It is your giant cauldron. You are creating life and everything there. So we create, but that solar plexus is so much about you. Like, how do you view yourself? Like I will full heartedly say when I'm going and doing Reiki, so frequently I see the solar plexus as a lotus flower. Mm. A lot of people, it shows up as a lotus and it shows me where they are in their journey a lot of times. So like I've seen it to where it's fully bloomed and it's like beaming pink light in there. And then I'm like, okay, and we'll talk about it afterwards. I'm like, so how do you feel about yourself? They're like, I've been talking great. Like I'm feeling good. And I was like, I know, like I, I saw it and I explained it to them and then when I can tell they're not doing so great, it's more cup that Lotus is more covered in mud. Like think about, like, I think it's a wonderful aspect of it because Lotuses bloom in mud. Like they are blooming a nasty environment really. And so it's showing, it kind of gives that contrast of like how we think of ourselves and that stems from that solar plexus. Yeah. Right in there. And then that heart's about our external, how we let love in and we feel about others in the whole chakra system and stuff. Yeah. And I think that's interesting is because in Gene Keys, the uh, Venus sequence is all about love. And it's all about allowing love in. And like, even in astrology, they'll say like, 
you know, this whole time I always thought Jupiter was like our wealth center because I talk about it as wealth, but really the attraction point and the money point is from Venus, from love. And so I find it like they all kind of flow together and they all really make sense. So which chakra do you think is like mostly blocked for like the clients that you have? Which ones do you notice Um, is like the hardest? Honestly, the solar, I mean, the sacral and the root, a lot of people come, it's their lower, their earth. I, it's like so different for each person, but most of the time it's like the root isn't grounded because they're like, I'm just like hauling ass through my day. I'm like, you can't, you can't do that. Like you can't, you need to slow down. You have to feel into the energy around you. You have to ground in um every day and they're like really I'm like oh yeah like if you don't you're gonna be up in the clouds and nothing's gonna make sense so a lot of the time it's the root and the sacral are usually because think the sacral is that creation and feeling sex it's a lot about sex too that sacral is about sex and a lot of people like I don't know why but a lot of people get blocked about it like I'll say I full-heartedly have too Mm-hmm. But it's like, I'm like, the other day I was telling a client, I was like, you need to do something and make yourself feel sexy. Like, what makes you feel sexy? Do it. It's going to help keep it open. It's going to keep it unblocked because it it's coming from that place you're creating with that energy. So those are the two most common block chakras that I see. The solar plexus too, and then the heart. So many people are guarded nowadays from letting love in. I'm like the throat's blocked a lot too because we're there's so many ways to navigate how we speak with people. Like yeah. everyone's walking on water for some different reason on what they're gonna say or who blocked them from speaking as a child. It goes back to like childhood. One person was generational. Like it's not chakras being blocked doesn't always mean it's you. It can go way back beyond that. It can be generational. It can be past lives. Like I full heartedly believe in our past lives. Like I know my throat was blocked from my past life. Like it full heartedly was until I worked through that and like acknowledge what was going on in that past life. I didn't speak how I speak now. Like I was very, I was a lot more reserved. Mm, Yeah. Um, And when we're, when I'm thinking about it with the, you know, human design is I have a lot of undefined centers in human design. I only have my throat and the Ajna, the, the third eye uh, defined and everything else is open. (laughs) And my route is really difficult for me because it's like, I don't know when to slow down. I don't know how to be in the moment. A lot of the times, um, I'm always constantly like, you know, even this morning, a great example is like, you know, my son and my husband were laying in bed and my husband's like, let's cuddle, let's hang out. And I'm like, I have to keep going. And in, in human design, it's a lot of like wanting to achieve and just to be done. And so I think that's really big too. And then as far as like the throat center, even though I have mine defined, I feel like the same. It's like, sometimes I'm talking and it's very common in my human design chart, but like I'm talking and it doesn't make sense or I'm second guessing it. And because of childhood, they would tell me I talked too much. (laughs) And so they would pay me not to talk. And so then I always felt like I had to talk really, and I'm like, if you listen to any of my older podcasts, I'm talking really, really fast just because I don't want to lose people's attention or like, it's like this rush. So having like that undefined route is telling me to go ahead and get it done, go ahead and finish. And then my throat is like, this isn't safe. So I always think that's interesting. Do you notice that a lot with like your business clients is like that this is what is stopping them from reaching success? 
Oh, 100%. A lot of times what's stopping you is it's things beyond your control. Like, it's not only things beyond your control. It's also, like, past programming, like, childhood trauma, generational trauma that they're all, like, we get fixated on it, though, I will say, and using it as an excuse. Like, I've been there, done it. Like, I don't not own that, you know. But it'll get in our way because we allow it until we were aware yeah and a lot of times it's just showing them like hey like let's just make this minor tweak and it's like off to the races after that yeah no I totally agree and I always give my clients two choices I'm like if you feel like it's worth going back and figuring out like the little details we'll do it but you also can decide that this happened a long time ago and you can take back control now because (laughs) I completely agree I think that there's been a lot of Let's heal. And I've been listening to Catherine's and Kina's podcast about RRT. And like, I, from what I'm gathering from it so far, I don't know if you've heard of it or know more about it than me, but basically it sounds like he's not really going back to the root. It's more of just like an acknowledgement and then overcoming it. Have you heard much about it? I haven't, but I am all for that. Sometimes I think that's what all we need to do is just acknowledge it and then move forward. And other times, yeah, it needs more. I think it just depends. I think it comes down to you as a person. Can you just get over the past? And two, like, how much do you think it's deeply affecting you? Yeah. If it's more than, if it's like more than just in your present life and it's more from the past life, that takes getting to that route. Like those are the one, like that it's more complex than just being like, yeah, I'm over it. Yeah. Cause I full heartedly, I was like, I did so much work on my throat. Like my throat was so blocked. I was like, I can't speak. And I would explain it to people. I'm like, something is sitting here. And it's like, I have the words. I just, I can't get them out. And so I finally, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try past life regression. It kept coming up, kept coming up in my mind. I was like, okay, fine. Like I'm listening. I know for me, that's my guides. Like that's me channeling. Like I'm ha- I'll have full conversations with my guides, whether you realize it or not, a lot of us do it. That little voice in our head that's always talking for most people. We're usually channeling, especially if it doesn't feel like yourself. I love to explain that to people because it's a huge like light. And it was I had that conversation with myself and then I went and did it and it, I literally saw the whole scenario. I was like in a past life, I was hung and that's Mm -hmm. why I couldn't speak. And what's funny is I even have like a sunspot on my throat where rope would go. Like I've had it since I was like three. Yeah. That's crazy. And you know, what's funny is when you're talking about hearing voices, sometimes I get songs and songs that I don't even think like, um that song if you like pina coladas like yeah. <laughs> i'll just start singing it and i've never listened to it and i'm like i wonder who this is because it's not a song i sing or it'll just be like I, there's another random song that's been coming up but mm. what is some of it speaking of which is like some what are some of your ways of liking to talk and channeling and speaking to your guides um i truly like to talk to them in any way that they're open to I've worked kind of with all my clairs slowly like I've slowly adjusted to all of them the only one I get nervous about is my uh clairvoyance is you know the seeing that one still at times freaks me out 
Like, mm -hmm. I, like my husband works nights. So at night I'm home by myself with my kids. So sometimes seeing a figure in like down the hall in the dark is scary. Like, I won't lie. It scares the shit out of me some days. And I'm like sitting there, I'm like, um, I usually will verbally say not today, please no. And then I usually will leave, like, especially if it's a positive entity, like they, they acknowledge you and listen um but <laughs> a lot of times there it's music for me too like i will i i've had some crazy experiences since i've really started opening and being like okay i'm safe to like talk to them you have to feel safe before they'll really communicate with you i took a shower one day and they were playing six songs at different but the audio was at different areas like it was like okay one was right next to me and then there was a different song that was a little bit further away and then there was another song that like it sounded like they were playing on full blast in my living room and i was like back in the shower and i'm just like what is like the mental like game it almost felt like and i had to like sort through all of it to try and figure out like it was like different songs that I, one that I'm obsessed with. I love the song, Something in the Orange right now. It's like one of my favorites. It was that song really close. Then it was like a Dixie Chicks song, like a really old one that I knew from childhood. And then like two other songs at different levels. And I was like, I'm like, guys, can we do one at a time? Cause I have no idea what you're trying to say to me. And this is like so mental. Like, I'm like, I already have ADHD. There's already like a million things going. And then you add this and I was like, <laughs> what is going on but they mm -hmm. like music is the nut like number one for me in communication and it comes the easiest and yeah. i find it fun yeah no i've started to and then as you're talking about like shadow figures and seeing them i remember seeing them as a young child and so you know when you're little there's a lot of like well when i was little i watched a lot of paranormal things and i was also raised in the catholic church like i was an altar girl I didn't do first communion. I think that's around the time when like all the, the scandals started to really show about the Pope. Okay. And like, my dad was like, never mind. I don't know. I don't know why we didn't go past. No, I got my communion. I didn't do confirmation. Anyways. Um, okay. I went to like, Catholic school, so I get it. It's so we didn't go too far. I didn't get confirmation, but you know, when you start seeing those things, it's like, oh my gosh, maybe I'm the problem. And I never really realized like how much religion played into where I'm at now and why mm -hmm. sometimes it's scary to see those things and, or resistant. And so I would like freak out and I would hear people saying my name. I mean, my dad is, uh, his partner, <laughs> his partner lived with us. So there was no females in the house and I okay. would hear a female voice saying my name and okay. it would freak me out yeah. all the time as a little girl, but I wasn't like supported because of the Catholic church and the paranormal things. So did you have any experiences like oh. that as a kid too? Oh yeah. And my mom honestly was always, as much as I was raised in the Catholic church, my mom's been seeing as well since she was a child and she would talk about it. So it wasn't something that wasn't openly talked about in my home. It was just mm. still something that freaked me out just enough to where I was like, mm, cause I growing up, I had giant like windows. They were the size of like a queen size bed legitimately mm. they were huge windows and i would see and i saw animals which is funny my son sees animals too he told me oh. the other day he's like mom there's wolves at the end of my bed i was like okay cool so i think his guides are wolves like they're in the form of a wolf right now and i know and as he grows i always encourage it 
but I saw animals as a child too. I still vividly remember I saw wolves running along the side of a hi the hill in my, they were beaming white. Mm. And I like, it's something like I wholeheartedly like remember it's not something you just kind of forget because it's kind of ingrained in your, like it's ingrained in there. And then I real I rem kind of remember at that time, that's when some of my dreams started getting extremely vivid they come through your dreams a lot too because there's no conscious mind stopping it it's so funny you say that as i just texted my best friend this morning and i, I sent her <laughs> like a twitter and it was this guy had a snake hanging from the ceiling and then the ceiling mm -hmm. the ceiling like collapsed and it was a giant snake it wasn't this tiny snake he thought it was it was this huge snake <laughs> but i had dreams of snakes last night and she's Ooh. like, what does that mean? And I know a lot of people say portrayal, but like, I don't feel connected to that. You know what I mean? I don't mm -hmm. feel like, so do you Snakes have another? also mean divine femininity. Oh, good. Cause yeah, I had it. I didn't feel connected to like, I like just the way life is for me right now. I'm not open to it. So I'm not open yeah. to being betrayed. So I'm like, it yeah, has to mean something but, else. <laughs> uh, snakes are femininity, actually. I love that. I love that one. So it's. I literally do not do snakes, but I've always had dreams of snakes since I was a little girl too. Like legitimately, mm -hmm. but they were like, like ugh, I can still see it. I was in like a bouncy house with my grandfather and they were like coming in through like the mesh of it. And I was like, oh, like, like I can't, <laughs> I can't. Like even to this day, I can't even look at a snake without my skin like getting goosebumps. They just scare the shit out of me, but they technically mean divine femininity. And so uh, I was explained, like, I went into this crystal shop one time and some lady is like, yeah, snakes are all around you. And I was like, what? Like, no. She's like, that's a good thing. I was like, no, I'm scared. She's like, well, it's normal that you're scared. It's because you're really connected to them in, like, past lives and stuff. I was like, cool. Um, thanks. Thanks. Um, I can't do without the snakes. I swear it's the craziest things always happen around that. Every time I go to that crystal shop, something wild happens. So sometimes I go just for the experience of what they're going to say to me. Cause <laughs> I think she's very open. She looked at me one time and she's like, you're, you've been a mermaid before. I was like, that's cool. Like all this <laughs> random stuff. And I'm like, I will take it. Like I'll take it. Like I love mermaids. They're I mean, awesome. <laughs> I need a crystal store like that. None of mine are quirky like that, that I've gone yeah. to. She's pretty quirky. She's always in there. So I'm, it's always fun to go. It's nice. I love having a quirky one because sometimes it's the energy is always interesting inside crystal shops. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I like the ones here. You know, we have a, a huge gym and mineral show every year mm -hmm. here. Um, and it's actually just finished yesterday. But going back to snakes is like also living in Arizona, you see I see a lot of snakes. I live in a wash. I live by a wash. I don't live in a wash. I live by a wash. And yeah. there's always rattlesnakes. Um, and one day, my husband left to go to work at night. And just this intuition hit me. And I was like, well, I'm going to look outside. And I hate looking outside at night because people always used to tell me like creepy stories of people <laughs> watching you. I don't know. What. And so I hate looking outside. And I looked and there was a giant rattlesnake outside my door. But it was at night, like it wasn't like it made noise. There was no reason for yeah. me to go look. And I went to go look and my mom started panicking because, you know, I have the kids and rattlesnakes get really territorial. And she was yeah, like, you have to get rid of it. 
And I was like, oh, it's okay. Cause you know, you have to call somewhere late at night to come and get this rattlesnake. Yeah. But I always found that very interesting. So when you're saying like you always felt like a call, like you feel called to them or that it's more of like, you're very in tuned with them. I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a question is what, how long did it take you to actually trust your guides and like trust what they're saying? For me, years. Like, I'll be honest, like it took me a couple years because I was like, hmm, it was a lot of, I had to rewrite a lot of programming is what Mm -hmm. it came down to because my husband was in the military. Like spirituality is like, we lived our lives like very cut and dry for so long. Um, Then it was being raised in the Catholic church. Like it's wrong. So having to work through that religious side of it, even though my mom was open about it, she also closed it off. So it was kind of like, all right, well, what is this? And it was also like working through my own anxiety and depression. Like that stops it. Like Mm -hmm. that makes it even harder. Like having to get out of those lower vibrational spots, you have to really work on it and bring it up in order to be able to hear them too. They're always there. Like at the end of the day, they're always there. They're always communicating with you. You just don't always realize it. Yeah. And I like to combine this with human design as the authority piece. I feel like you know, maybe there's a book out there I haven't read that said it, but like, I feel like your authority is how you listen better. And -hmm. it gives you that space to really fill it out and be in like, as an emotional authority that you have, there's never like 100% certainty, but it's more of a trusting of like, okay, we're going to go ahead and try this, especially with your third line is experimenting with it and seeing how it goes. And then that can help you come up with solutions for other people in the long run. Um, with the five line. And for me, I'm a mental authority. So it's really actually hard (laughs) because I have to speak to other people, but I don't like to survey. It feels like I'm surveying them Mm -hmm. and getting that advice back. And then, you know, in the books, they say do it three times, but talking it out gives that clarity and like all the other authorities. So I feel like if anyone uses their authority, like just knowing this is a, another way to listen to your guides is through your authority you know oh completely you have like and you have to do what feels safe like at the end of the day whatever feels safe to you if it's hey like can you communicate through numbers or animals like if i'm making major life decisions i know this will sound silly but i'll be like okay spirit guides please show me x like something extremely specific it's usually like a white butterfly for me it's always a white butterfly if when I see a white butterfly, I know it's time. Mm. And that's yeah. the right decision. And because of course, in the middle of winter, am I really going to see a white butterfly? No, but I do. Right? Yeah. So it's just like, okay, thank you. Like, I needed that. Mm. And it's, I stopped believing in coincidences, like everything's happening exactly as it should for the exact reason it happens. Yeah. And I yeah. And again, I love that you said that is that so my grandmother passed away two years ago this year. And after she passed away, I would see a cardinal all the time outside my window. And I don't, I don't normally see cardinals, not that they're not normal here, but it wasn't something I saw or I guess paid attention Mm -hmm. to. And this cardinal would not leave my back door for the longest time. And then I had stopped seeing them as often. Mm -hmm. And on Saturday, we got together as a family, which we haven't really done besides like Mm -hmm. a few funerals. And we all saw the same cardinal just flying around uh, our, our center. And I was like, that's so beautiful. Like, I'm just taking it as my grandparents, but 
I like that too, is that I come up with my own universal like codes and words with the yeah. universe. Like, and I think people will think too much in it or read too much into it. And I've heard Gabby Bernstein talk about this too, is like people will try to add up the numbers to make it make sense and all of that. And I feel like they just got to trust the sign, even when it's not a sign, if there's no signs, you know? Exactly. You really do. And spirituality is so deeply personal. Like Mm. all of it is so deeply personal. We can read all the books, we can do all the things, but unless we do it to what feels personally good, it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. It like does not matter. Um, Like some things, like I had a spiritual mentor for a while and some things she'd have me do didn't feel good. And I just didn't, I was like, you know what? This feels terrible. I'm not doing it. And I didn't. And then I found something that felt good and I, you know, I grew leaps and bounds in that aspect. Like I started channeling more. I started doing things more. Like I won't lie when I do Reiki, a lot of times people's family members come and they like to brush my arms. Mm. Like for some reason they love my left arm and they come and they brush it. And I'm like, okay, like, I know you're here. Hello. Who are we talking to? Like, I will pause, like clearing the chakras and listen, because I know they might not be there for like sometimes spirit does not wait. They don't wait. Mm. When they want to talk, it's now. We're listening. Yeah. yeah, like my song. Like if I, I just bust out singing. If you like being Nicolas, there's no like, there's no holding me back. Um, and I think that's it's so important that you said that is that we need to do things our own way. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, when I first came out as my witchy self, it was really scary because mm-hmm. one, a lot of my family follows me. And they used to make fun of hippies and (laughs) they used to say all these negative things because, you know, growing up as a millennial self-help books and like psychics like Miss Cleo were judged so much. So like, so coming out and allowing ourselves to do that and then to have people be like, oh, well, you shouldn't put charge your crystals under this full moon. And it's like, well, what if this full moon doesn't affect me the way that it affects you because our natal charts are different? Or what if I feel energetically good to go do it? Why does it matter? And I feel that that stops a lot of people. And I, this is what I'm talking about recently in my new readings is that we're trying to follow what everyone says to a T and then we lose ourselves and then it's no longer our spirituality. It's someone else's. Exactly. You have to follow what feels good. I, the last like three, except this last one that we had, what, last Sunday, the full moons before that, I hadn't felt connected to it all. Like for Mm -hmm. some reason, I didn't, I didn't do any of my full moon rituals. I did none of it because it just didn't feel right. Like, I don't know what was going on, but I was just like, yeah, no, like the moon stuff is not, not me right now. And in that season, I just didn't do it. And that's okay. Like we, there's so much you're supposed to do with spirituality, but you don't have to. Right. Yeah. And I let myself totally take that break. And when you said season and phase, like I don't think people realize that there are seasons of your spirituality there. Like right now, my altar is a hot mess, but there's going to be a season where I'm excited and I'm going to be taking care of it again. And, you know. It doesn't, I think they also use it, they replace religion with it, mm-hmm. uh, religion of Sundays and Wednesday nights and, you know, the nightly prayers and the rosary or whatever <laughs> that comes up for them. And it's like, it. you don't have to do it that way because you're constantly communicating with your guides, with God, with universe. Like there's always a way that you're honoring yourself unless you are like, you know, 
as you were talking about blocked root chakra and also the blocked or undefined root center is like you're stuck on the go, 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 but -hmm. they're always there. They're always talking to you. They really are. And it's, we have to remember everything comes in seasons. Mm -hmm. Like there are seasons where I'm like on it. I am like meditating twice a day. I'm feeling amazing. And then there are seasons where literally the thought of meditating, I'm like, I could do anything else. Yeah. Anything else. And at first I used to guilt myself for being in those seasons, but there was no point in guilting myself. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. I was, but then I caught on to it and it's the supposed to keywords that I was like, no, maybe there's a reason I need to just be in my humanness and just like be here. Cause a lot of times your guides are quieter when you need to be in your humanness, they mm-hmm. will literally shut you off. They'll be like, you need to work through whatever you're going through and we'll be back. It's not that they're not, it's not that they're not there. They are just not going to communicate. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. And I think that's great. And, you know, I always say baby steps when trusting your guides, because Uh there's this feeling of, well, if I'm not doing, and there's not enough of us being like, you have to have that good combination. But if you're constantly someone that's doing, then Uh trusting them when they're telling you it's going to be okay, can of course be scary, but hard. But doing something like baby steps of, you know, manif- or what people call manifestation or whatever that looks like. It's just trusting the next step that comes up in front of you. Yeah. You know, and easing into it. What do you feel is like the number one or, num- or the top three like things people can do as far as business since you work with business owners to help them spiritually connect? And so they can start to see success without necessarily putting this heavy emphasis on money all the time. Mm, Predefining their version of success. The number one thing I've helped all of my clients that we work on usually in the beginning of our like time together is redefining what success looks for them. And it can be, Hey, I feel successful bringing, you know, maybe it's a different dollar amount than someone else. Just being able to do this with my day, um, having time to take a slow morning so I can spend on myself by redefining it, it allows, it opens our minds in new ways. And then we take off that hustle culture pressure, the pressure of, oh, I should be doing this amount every month. Just like so-and-so says, they, their post told me I should be making like 10, 15, 20K every month, but that may not feel good to you. And that's okay. Like at the end of the day, read We, you have to redefine success. And then it's also, what does spirituality look like to you? That's one of the top questions I ask everyone. What does it look like to you? Because what my version is going to be different than your version. Mm-hmm. I can guide you from what I what I know and we can find what works best for you. Yes. Yes. Because I, I actually had that exact conversation with someone just the other day because they were like, I should, I really get so sad when people are like, I should be so much more grateful for my life. Everything is going so great. And then they feel that way because they're watching. And I've told her, I said, you just have to be careful what spiritual teachers you're listening to mm-hmm. because some are, they have well-meaning, but their spirituality is different than yours. And it's okay to not like where you are. 
And I gave her this example of a family member. I said, I love so-and-so, but I don't like them. (laughs) I can love where I'm at. I can love this life I'm in, but I cannot like it at the same time. And that's okay. It doesn't make you less spiritual. It doesn't make you less. And there's a lot of that spiritual bypassing while also putting this pressure on all of us to make 10 K because it's all over the internet, you know, and it's like, it's okay to not do that. Like what is success? What does that overflow? Like you said, look like for you. Exactly. And it's, there's so many different ways you can work with it too. It's like, okay, what is this? You know, what, where was I going? I lost my words, but it was, <laughs> you know, it. it's, we get to define it ourselves. I fully honest, I don't follow many of the giant big name coaches anymore mm. because I started putting so much pressure on myself. I'm very selective at who I follow. Yes. Yes. But I've done that recently too. I feel like it's something that's changing a lot is people are becoming more aware that we don't have to define everything the way we're told or we see others do it. And just defining your own success is one of the biggest wins you can give yourself. I'm feeling confident in that. Like I had to redo it for myself. I'll be honest. When I first started business, I was felt so accomplished and successful. I could buy groceries every week. Mm. I took groceries over for my husband and that was success to me. I still got to be mom. I think I was only working like two hours a day. I got to be a mom. I had a nine month old and a three-year-old at the time. I just wanted to be their mom. Mm, Yeah. And I felt so successful. And I was, and I said that to someone, they're like, seriously, you felt successful. I'm like, yeah, I did. Like my goal was just to pay for groceries. Yeah. That much. And it felt so good. Yeah. No. And I think that gets lost for a lot of people in business. You know, I've worked Mm -hmm. with some business owners too, and they, they start off and they think they want all these things. And then as we go on, it's not what they want. And like with the undefined centers and human design, you have to be careful what you're taking in and what you're amplifying. But I would even with the, the tracker system is like, well, yeah, that's how it gets money. That's how it gets, you yeah. know, clouded is that you're taking in what other people are saying is normal and yep. it might not be your normal and then I think that's how business becomes on fun. And then they lose their momentum that they had is because now there's all this pressure to make more and do more and be all these things. Yep. That 110% makes, it blocks you completely. It has you standing in your own way. Because yeah. what I had to recently redefine my success. I was like chasing big numbers and I was like, I'm miserable. I hate business. I don't want to show up. And then I was like, you know what? Stop, pause. Like goal is be able to be done working by X time. Still have time with my husband because I have a weird schedule. My kids are also full-time in sports. Mm. So, and they're playing multiple sports. So time for myself in the evenings is not real. Like it does not exist in this house because until they go to bed, like we have baseball, we have wrestling, you know, three to four days a week. Mm, we're busy with sports and it's okay like I enjoy it this is how this is what I enjoy in motherhood like I love seeing my kids thrive in sports they're thriving they do well they you know it makes them happy so my business needs to also be a reflection of that side of my life of I'm very selective on the clients I take how many I take the energy I give out to everybody because I still have my main priority is my family yes 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 and you know, also baseball, my nephews in baseball and the schedules are crazy. Like my sister just said goodbye to us for the rest of the year because 
it's literally every day. And so I get that. And, you know, my son is about to start kindergarten and it's important to me because he only goes to school, even though he's not at school today, he only goes to school for about three hours out of the day. Uh And so the rest needs to be about us having fun and doing things because you don't get that time back. And I think there are some good coaches out there like yourself and like other coaches that that say like make your work schedule fit around what's your priority. So like health, like taking care of yourself, working out. I think I see you at the gym. Yes. You go to the gym. Um, and you know, making sure that you fit the kids schedule in first and then put your work in. And that way there's no guilt on either side. Mm -hmm. I work at like, I start work at like 6am because I still do OBM style work. I work for 30 minutes before I get the kids off to school. Like before I start, I pause, like, I think I get up at like 530, spend like 30 to 15 minutes to myself, you know, check in. I'm like, am I okay? Like, are we going to be good today? Or are we going to need like extra space? I get some work done and then I get my kids to school and then I take care of myself. Like I give myself until about nine to work, like take care of my physical body, whether it's, I go for a walk. The other day I was like, I need to go for a nature walk. So the gym, I went for a nature walk, had an extreme experience. I going through another awakening again, I'll be honest. Like I had the trippiest experience. I sat on a bench and the bench was sucking me into the earth. Like I was, it was a Monday morning. I wasn't on it. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't take any of the like spiritual psychoactive drugs. Like that's not me, but I was like, felt like I was being pulled full heartedly into the earth. And in front of me was zigzagging away. Like the water was zigzagging away from me with the moon. And I was like, what is going on? <laughs> like, am I losing my marbles? One of my friends is like, were you on LSD? I was like, no, like I was just, it was a Monday morning. I had just <laughs> taken the kids to school, but I just felt so called to be in this exact spot. And I was like, this is the fucking trippiest thing I've ever experienced. I won't lie. I stopped it because I got scared. Like, I'll be honest. Like, I got yeah. nervous. Who expects to feel like you're getting sucked into the earth? Yeah. Have Everything you ever away. Have you ever meditated and you're like, <laughs> my, like, you have that out of, out of body experience where, but you can feel like the heaviness of your limbs. Like, sometimes I'm like, my legs are so dead, but like. They just feel lifeless. It's a really weird feel. I don't know how to describe it. Besides I know like- exactly what you're saying. <laughs> uh, I have, it's, I had to research this and ask a couple other friends. I was like, what is, sometimes when I meditate, I feel so much energy and it's spinning. So mm. then I'm like sitting there meditating and my upper body is go- doing clockwise circles. Yeah. Getting this energy out. And I'm just like funneling it up and out. It's, the weirdest feeling but it happens like sometimes you just have this deep amount of energy you're working and pushing up and out yeah yeah i've been trying to do dr joe dispenza's meditations a few times sometimes they're too long and like as a mom again like I'm a meditator. <laughs> yeah he has one that's an hour and i'm like i can't i like i as a mom like i just gotta prioritize my time exactly. better so i do it occasionally but like he has you like breathe in from your root chakra essentially, mm-hmm. but from the perineum and like hold it and suck it all in. And people would say they have really great experiences. I'm still practicing with that um, one. There, there are some intense meditations out there. Like 
I tried ring of fire breathing and it's oh, such yeah. intense breath. I was like, I triggered my anxiety. Like it was no one's business. I was like, yeah, not, no, not for me. Cool, totally cool. So glad if you can do this, not for, not for this girl here. We're not doing this. So never did that again. Um, <laughs> but I've like, I have a, I'm a 10 minute meditation person. Like you get my brain for about 10 minutes before it's checked. Like it has checked itself out. And some mm. days I'm lucky if my brain will shut up, but that's on having ADHD with like, so it's really hard to ground your root because mm. ADHD is in the root. It's not in the crown. Mm, interesting. It's like a tornado. It's literally a tornado inside the root chakra. Yeah. You know, I was never diagnosed, but sometimes I feel like I have, and I try not to do like TikTok diagnosis. I've always felt this way prior, <laughs> but my, my daughter, they said they believe she does because she's a girl. She doesn't show them the same way as a male, yeah. which is what the test is essentially made for. Yeah. And the, me and my best friend always talk about this is like, I, I know that a clean organized space for her is ideal but if it's like ADD with ADD and sometimes our house can get out of control because it's like, I'll start doing laundry and then I'll just walk away. <laughs> and then, and I'm like, Oh yeah, I started laundry yesterday and it's been sitting in there and that can happen with business too. And the, that root center of like, I just want to get this done. I want to get this over with. And then, you know, allowing yourself to ground, as you said, is, I think is important too, is that for launches or anything to give yourself a lot of time and space to get it done instead of feeling like you have to rush to get it out, you know? 100%. I always tell people, at least give yourself a month of planning, like a month of building and planning. And they're like, seriously, a month? I was like, but think about it. You can walk away for a day or two, refresh. You can take your time. You don't feel rushed. It's going to be a better product in the long run. Yeah, that's a great way of thinking of it. And, you know, my, sorry, my, but oh my goodness, my biz bestie, um, she's really great at doing that. And it's something that I've had a lot of struggles with is I love the planning phase, but then I uh, try to rush things so fast sometimes. And it's like that urge. And I, the, the, the root again has been something that I've consciously known about mm -hmm. for a really long time as being one of my biggest problems as far as chakras or centers in human design. It's one of the hardest ones for me. And also everyone in my house has a defined route. So there's a lot of pressure. Like, you know, all the kids, for example, will be like, oh, we're going to leave in a little bit. And they're already outside the door. So yeah. then we feel rushed to leave because they are, they're ready. Like they're ready as soon as they get up. Like as soon as my kids, my son wakes up, he's already turning on the TV, talking, laughing. And I'm more of like, I need my time and space. So that's why I like to wake up early and work out. First thing is to have that time alone oh, all yeah. by myself. It's so nice. I I won't lie. When my kids wake up super early, because they're early risers. Mm. Like when I say they're early risers, I mean they're early risers. Like they're up at 530. I'm like, dude, like my it's 530 in the morning. Go to sleep. I'm like, I usually just don't have them watch TV in their room. So they're still like chill because yeah. they're my especially my youngest is an instant like like wrestling his dummy like that he has he has this like wrestling buddy and he, it's like six o'clock in the morning I'm like your dad just went to bed like an hour ago 
like you have to be quiet and he's like no I'm like yes like you're I know you're five and you're it's like so much energy and I love it but your dad is sleeping he just went to bed yeah and I'm yeah. like it's a hard part with kids and dad on night schedule and it makes me have to really work on my I've found ways to do my morning routine with my kids awake in the kitchen. Like I'm in the kitchen. Like, so my, I've had to morph it a lot. And mm-hmm. that's one thing we forget too, is our routines change. Right. Yeah. It changed with the season you're in. Like everything is about the season you're in. Like if you just focus on the now, like what season are you in? Okay. Like I'm in a hustle season for my kids. Cool. So where can I give myself space in other areas of life? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And especially with summer, my kids go to year round school. So summer break is six weeks, but then they get three weeks for fall break, two weeks for winter break and two weeks for spring. And it's like, I have to accommodate that. So like live human design readings won't always be something I can do because they are an hour to an hour and a half long. And I I just can't do that with the kids, you know? Um, And so it's like shifting that and being okay with it and not feeling that comparison of like, well, so-and-so can do it all the time because. Oh yeah. And it's, they don't have kids. <laughs> right. I, I noticed that a lot of the times it's really hard as moms in the online space because our schedules and our life looks so different than some of the big names who are like, have no kids or they just barely had a baby and their business is already blown up or they're single women. You, your responsibility and your time commitments in other places are so different than like say a mom or even just someone who's married like at the end of the day like if you're on your own like if it was just me I could work all the time like cool no big deal and I wouldn't care like I have that hustle mentality very naturally being an Aries like I'm like let's go and a generator (laughs) and a generator so I'm like I am a ball of energy I just have like so much to always do but at the same time I'm like wait I still need to now it's like like you have the extra like components of, I got to still tend to my marriage. I got to tend to my kids and their needs. I have to tend to myself. I have to tend to my home. Like there's like a, so much more than just like working on my business, going to the gym and cleaning my house. It's not just me. Yeah. 100%. So many other people. And that gets lost a lot. I notice a lot of moms have the pressure of like, I'm not where other people are. It goes right back to that redefining your own success. Yeah. What, what is it that you actually need from your business and, and doing it from passion instead of pressure? Oh my goodness. Well, we've been talking for almost an hour. It's been so much fun. Um, before we get off though, what is like one for business owner, business owners or not business owners? Like what is one tip you want to give them for like their spiritual practices for this year of 2023, which if I can remember correctly, it's like the year seven, which is about spirituality Anyway, so like, what's a huge tip that you can give them to help them feel secure in it or creating their own um, rituals? Again, do what feels best to you. Your spirituality is so wildly personal. Make sure you're doing what feels good to you. If your meditation is active, do it. Do active meditation. Do open eye meditation. Journal. Like it, you don't, it doesn't have to be anything that's set in stone allow it to flow and just have fun with it. The more fun you have with it, the easier it is. Yes, yes, yes. I love that. And I feel like we are so much alike on that level and probably in more ways than we know. Um, And where can people find you and follow you? Um, You can find me every, pretty much everywhere is nurtured by Sam. 
Mm, I love it. All right. And I'll be sure to link that in the notes and I'm going to go ahead and stop this recording. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Of course. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Wake the Goddess. Be sure to leave a review and subscribe to this podcast so that you can stay up to date on new episodes. Also, don't forget to follow me on TikTok and Instagram at The Projector Witch. Once again, thank you and see you next